0: Sometimes 10% better is better than a hundred percent. Take off that zero, aim for 10%. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of balance that you need in your body, right? Our microbiome exists in balance, whether that's the microbiome in our gut, the microbiome in our skin, on our skin, our vaginal microbiome has to be in balance. Our sympathetic and parasympathetic system both have to be in balance for things to occur. You should recover enough and move enough, right? So why is it that we're wired towards do more, restrict more, work
1: harder, and you're not enough? Hey, I'm Donna Edda, and you're listening to the Interested Podcast, the show that brings you ideas for wellness. Health starts from the inside, it's not about quick body transformations. In this episode, Tricia Yap, an international accredited strength coach and functional medicine health coach, joins me to talk about health is wealth, it's not about abs. Let me just repeat that health is wealth, it's not about abs. Trish shares her personal health struggles with us shining light on the unfiltered side in the fitness industry. We also talk about the common pitfalls for those who are trying to lose weight or build muscles, but are burnt out, adrenally fatigued and hormonally broken. The good thing is with small daily changes, we can take control of our health and start to feel better. I am so grateful to share this conversation with you and I hope you find this helpful. When was the time in your life that you were the fittest? I would say um,
0: probably in 2015. So I was at that time training for uh, my first professional um, match for a mixed martial arts. I was actually really training hard for it, both from like a strength standpoint and uh, a drilling standpoint. Like I I was basically dedicating something like um, 12 to 16 sessions a week. It was a time where unfortunately as well, I was also really obsessed with what I looked like and you know, what you look like doesn't actually matter in the ring, Mm. (laughs) but it was just more the fact that it was a time where I was already in the fitness industry. Um, social media was becoming really big and there is always that expectation and It's not even the expectation that people place on you. It's the expectation that we place on ourselves because of what we're conditioned. It wasn't until I kind of grew up a little bit, matured a little bit, that I realized that when you are a coach, nothing is about you. Everything is about the person that you're trying to help. And this is where it doesn't actually matter what you look like. But what matters is the value that you can bring that person, whether it's the amount of knowledge or experience that you have, the fact that if something doesn't seem right, you're asking. It's intuition. It's the research that you go to the lengths to do to ensure that you know your client's staying accountable. It's
1: all those other
0: things. It's just not the fact that you have a six-pack.
1: I want you to paint a picture during that time, the fittest time in your life in 2015 with the six-pack, how were you feeling?
0: Back in 2015, I would wake up and the first thing I would think of was how much did I weigh? I would basically get on a weighing scale and I would try to be under 60 kilos. I Don't don't ask me why I needed to be under 60 kilos. You it just, just gave yourself that number, right? It was just the number that I needed to be. I needed to be as close to fight weight as possible, if not under it. Don't even ask me why again. It was something that I gave myself because um, I think I I know I'm a perfectionist. So I have to have perfection every single second, every Mm. minute of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year. Um, I would then weigh my food. Actually, not even. I would have all my food weighed out for the day. That goes into a bag. There's ice blocks in there but it's basically was five meals all the supplements had been put out together um, with it
1: mm.
0: and I would basically go do my do my day but there were timers on my phone to, off to when to eat what to have I would refer to a Excel spreadsheet and that's probably left over from my management consulting days but it would Trigger certain meal plans on certain days of certain training. Um, And if I didn't wake up with a six pack, I would basically say to myself that
1: that wasn't good enough. And then from there, how are you feeling in terms of, we're talking about happiness, right? Feeling good. Awful. Absolutely awful. I had no energy. So,
0: by 2015, I would wake up with no energy. I would have to have, uh, I was experimenting with different ways to put myself to sleep because I couldn't sleep. Effectively, I was, um, I was adrenally fatigued. My adrenals had given out. So when you're at that point, um, your sleep, quality suffers so whether that is having insomnia or you're waking up multiple times at night or you're doing both or and then you're waking up in um at, in the morning and you're just flat mm. I had no energy I was at the point I was at a point where I was dreading training I was dreading going to work um I was dreading talking to my spouse at the time um I there was nothing like all I wanted was to go on holiday. But then when I get on holiday, I would get sick. Because your body can finally rest. And that's when it's trying to recover. At that point also, I had no period for two years. I had already several miscarriages.
1: If you are comfortable with talking about it, can you talk about how that kind of lifestyle was affecting your menstrual cycle and trying to conceive?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, My period had always been regular and then when I started dieting heavily because you know I I've grown up across two countries Australia and Malaysia and what both countries have in common is their love of food right and I never really had to diet diet um until I made the decision to start martial arts and compete and then I never started anything really extreme until uh I was starting in the fitness industry and um, my coach and business partner at at that time was very much into low-carb keto diets. And so, you know, I thought that was the answer to it all. And of course, I got a result out of it, but I wanted to see how far I could go. And I never had sugar cravings before. I never really needed sweets. In your Um, life before? No, never. I was always fairly balanced fairly happy um, I I never was super obsessed with my body fat before um, but seeing it in numbers and then having like a so I'm I'm like this person when you give me a target I will try get myself there right um, so I would say that a lot of these moods and imbalances mm. and I never had an irregular period before um, I there was a point in time where I had a uh, painful like menstrual cycles and then I got put on the pill but then I came off it um, because I thought it made it worse and then it kind of like fixed itself um, but by but when I started all of this in 2012 2013 dieting heavily count ensuring that I was under um, a certain, you know, 5% of carbs, 10% of carbs in my diet. Um, I started getting, not getting my period. And when you're in your late 20s, early 30s, and you don't want to get pregnant, and you see that your menstrual cycle, you're having a period is more of an inconvenience. You're like, oh, that's okay. Yeah. I don't get my period that's fine it's okay um people in the industry would say it's okay you'll you'll get it back eventually and that was kind of like the um you know two thousand and thirteen type of social media. It's like you know we don't talk about periods we don't talk about menstrual health um right. it's you know if you ha- if you don't get your period it's okay it's cool it's fine you get it you'll get it back um and uh I never thought i i didn't even think about it um I had my first miscarriage in two thousand uh, end of 2012, I think it was, 2013. And um, I remembered when I got pregnant, I was half happy and half uh, a little bit like, oh my God, I'm pregnant, what do I do? And you know, the, the shitty thing is um, I had this overwhelming fear of um, being fat. That was the. Can you imagine? That is so fucking stupid. Sorry for swearing. Um, that I get pregnant and I go, shit, I'm gonna be fat. Mm. That's and that and that and Trish, that and, was. And the, you're not alone.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That's and and that's like, why I'm
0: saying it. Yeah. You know that that my first thought was not. Oh my god, I'm gonna have a baby. It's oh my god, I'm gonna be fat. What. What's wrong with what us? What is wrong with us? Yeah. Why are we like this? Yeah. Um, and when I miscarried, you know, I, I was I was trying to tell myself, oh, um, it's fine, it's normal. I'm just going to go back to doing everything extreme again because, you know, I was bloated and fat and now I have the opportunity to be skinny again. I, I didn't even deal with that. And then, you know, I, I remember the second time it happened – you know, and, and at this point in time, um, I, I had such a bad re- reaction from my partner and then my, my, or well, his family around, you know, um, you know, when you have your first miscarriage, you almost think the world is going to end. And when you hear people say it's common, you're kind of like, you know, it, it, it hurts because you're like, no, no, you don't understand. Yes, maybe it's common, but I'm feeling really crap right yeah. now. And that's the last thing I want. What I want are hugs and ice cream and yeah. cuddles and just, you know, just not, you, you just not say anything. Don't downplay it. Yeah, right? exactly. And when I had the second one, I kept it to myself. Um, but it still didn't occur to me that it was not normal <laughs> really? i just i just went i just got into this mindset of i cannot have children i just said to myself okay can't have children um and that was kind of how i coped with it and i kind of brushed it aside um then then the third one happened and i that's when i went i need to sort this shit out
1: how long were you able to carry the pregnancy uh up until about um,
0: so the first one, I think it was at 13 weeks um, and it always it would always get to to that you know that three month mark and it would mm. just end um, having you know, having to go through the cramps, the bleeding, um, the fact that you know you kind of like uh, I you know, you almost have to flush that fetus down the, down the toilet and you know and then who deal with it alone it, it really it r- really sucked um, and so my in my head I just rationalized it as you can't have a baby but it's okay because you have work <laughs> you know and you have your sport so I just kept persevering with those two things and that's where I put all my energy towards and I didn't give it a thought and I didn't, at that time in my life, my knowledge of hormonal imbalances and my knowledge of health was really around um, gut health because, you know, if you deal with the gut, you can get leaner you know <laughs> right. yeah you know it was um, it, result, it was, more it was than your was it was more yeah it was more geared towards okay how do I get leaner and that's how I started and then I realized that actually you know what when you do everything that's extreme you take a mortgage out on your health and you have to pay it back later so if you just focused on your health everything else comes to you by accident <laughs> um and so yeah and so that's actually how I got into the functional medicine space um learning more about that and actually you know going in towards um nutritional medicine functional med uh integrative health like all of that stuff because I realized that I was that person that all the calorie counting all the restriction All the go hard or go home, right? No excuses. Mm. Um, You need to be self-motivated, you know, Uh, show up, get up and show up, right? All of that, I took it and I went 100% with it. And there was something that I remembered in our office back then. It was zero or 100%. Right. And it was along the lines of either you don't do it or you freaking go all the way with it. And that was what I lived. But now I, I would say, you know, looking back, because now I'm closer to 40 than I am yeah. to 30, that, you know what, sometimes 10 percent better is better than 100 percent. Take off that zero, aim for 10 percent. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of balance that you need in your body, right? Our microbiome exists in balance, whether that's the microbiome in our gut, the microbiome in our skin, on our skin, our vaginal microbiome Mm -hmm. has to be in balance. Our sympathetic and parasympathetic system both have to be in balance for things to occur. You should recover enough and move enough. Great. So, why is it that we're wired towards do more, right? Restrict more, work harder, and you're not enough?
1: (laughs) It's such a painful conversation. (laughs) Do you have an answer for that? You cannot market the basics.
0: (laughs) You know, if you said, I don't know, I mean, for me, People like challenges. They like doing, They like seeing themselves as hardcore or doing something new, right? And the fitness um, industry relies on that. So if there's a new diet or if there's a new supplement or if there's um, a new approach to something or if there's a new breaking news, breakthrough, revolutionary approach, then um, that is marketable. But if I said to you that, you need to work on your sleep and you need to work on your balance and you need to actually look at, you know, you know what, before you even try any diet, why don't you try eating real food, right? Real food is a really shit marketing strategy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly. Right. Um, and, and that's and that's hard. You still get people who want transformations. I recently, uh, you know, we had a client over here that trained with us for three weeks and he sent me an email to say that I didn't get a transformation in three weeks. I would like to stop.
1: What were his markers to
0: measure that? So he had done something before with um, another company that gave him a result in three weeks or four weeks. Or rather he started seeing results in three weeks or four weeks and he went through like a 12 or 16-week program and he lost a bunch of weight and blah, blah, blah. But he's put it back on. And yeah, obviously
1: it didn't work because then now he's back on the wagon. Exactly. So the only thing that he gained from doing that
0: was the fact that you know that transformation um, worked only for a short-term period but he doesn't see that it's not sustainable. And that's unfortunately... marketing strategy in in my industry which i don't even
1: know where to begin there's so many so many different directions (laughs) i want to head into i want to talk about physical transformation versus performance and and health results right and also the mindset of what do we think we're training for um are we really just trying to drop 10 kilos or is an underlying yeah. issue that we yeah. are just not addressing because yeah. when we don't, we get back yeah. on this. Yeah, and one cycle. of the things
0: I always ask clients is, "Give me ten reasons why you're here." Right. I I don't know why, in particular, it's women that, and maybe you know what? Actually, I do know why. It's insecurity, right? But women are really fixated on metrics, whether it's one thousand two hundred kilos a day. I mean, it's one thousand two hundred calories a day. Um fifty kilos under fifty. Uh what's fifty deadlift- kilos
1: under fifty? That-
0: being fifty kilos at the oh, age, age fifty. Right. Um okay, losing ten percent body fat, uh deadlifting a hundred kilos. Um there, there are wow. so many wow. like metrics that we just are fixated on. Mm. But then these metrics are actually not the metrics they should be fixated on. What about looking at your, um, sorry, I'm going to get like scientific here, but looking at your red blood cell values, do you have enough red blood cells? Are they, are they, are you, is your body making all the different sizes that it needs? What about your inflammation levels? You know, um, how high is your homocysteine levels or your C-reactive protein, um, Or doing a a a gut um, uh, test and seeing like okay, are my zonulin levels fine? You know that shows your permeability of the gut or whether you have leaky gut. Um, Why can't we get your clients
1: to do these tests? I don't
0: always. So testing for me is um, only when I can't figure something out. So how can we figure it out without testing? There are certain like physical symptoms. So um, one of my mentors, Owen Lacey, always told me, you have to become like a nutritional pervert. So when someone walks in, I look at the way they walk. I listen to the way they talk, how they hold themselves. I look for physical signs, whether it's redness around the nose, um, thinning of eyebrows, whether one ear Eyelid is droopy or not? Are they dark mm. circles? What are their skin like? Um, do they have dry skin on their elbows or their heels? Uh, are there lines in the back of their neck? La la The there, list goes on. A lot of telltale signs. But there are so many telltale signs of um what's going on inside. Right? And I generally uh you know, they, they, people tell me, okay, how they eat, how they live. And through that, I kind of become a bit of a, a Sherlock Holmes with it. And I go, okay, this is what this person is doing. And I pretty much break it down into, all right, are they getting enough nutrient-dense food in their diet? Are they getting adequate sleep? I have markers for sleep. Um, what does your poop look like? Mm. I ask a lot of questions about poop. um what is your menstrual cycle like for women, right? Uh, When was the last time you had it? What in general, uh, what's your average number of days? How many days of heavy bleeding do you have? Do you get any uh, PMS symptoms? What are they, right? All these are different signs and symptoms of what's happening inside your body. Because if your menstrual cycle is not there, right? Or this something wrong with it you're not ready for fat loss lady you're not healthy enough
1: so what would you do with a client like that
0: I always start off my conversation with I'm a coach I'm not a magician and that we need to look at health first and if you, and I refuse to do anything that, um, is overly extreme unless it suits your lifestyle. So for example, uh, fasting is becoming a thing.
1: Yeah. Right. What's your point of view on fasting? Um,
0: if it suits your lifestyle, so someone in a hospitality, where they're working shifts, personal trainers are a good one because often, you know, we might do five, six hours with no food, uh, mm. cause we've got clients. I, I find it rude to eat in front of clients. Um, pilots, for example. So these people already, uh, this demographic, they're actually ready for fasting or they could fast because their lifestyle allows it. Um, Sometimes uh, I may utilize it for a short period of time so that someone can balance out their blood sugar and manage it better but it's always con- in consideration of how many other stress factors they have in your life right if someone is overly stressed whether that's physical stress mental emotional nutritionally stress physically stress i don't like using fasting um, because fasting also is a stressor right so i need to consider that person's um lifestyle current uh nutritional status and current hormonal status before i apply anything Mm. like that and it's even fasting has a gazillion ways that you can do it
1: so you're not the kind of coach that people come to and say yeah i want to be really skinny or have muscles ripping like this is not what you're about right you're
0: I always say it's that. If you, yeah, it's a byproduct. And yes, I would love to get everyone ripped, or I would love to get people leaner, right? But the the reality of it is, is that when people come to see us, they're not healthy. And if I do get them ripped and I do get them leaner without addressing health, they're going to come back in a year's time, and be maybe twice their size. Right, because the body is smarter than us. Our bodies are smarter than us. Mm. If we take a mortgage out on a body, it's like it's like having a health bank account. Okay, everybody has a health bank account. Okay, um, every time you do something extreme, you take away from the health bank account, or you go through something like a relocation, pregnancy, miscarriage. Um, surgery you are taking a big fat withdrawal from your health bank account what are you then utilizing to put back into your savings because if you drain your savings and you have nothing you have no retirement fund fat loss is a luxury handbag you got Mm. then you have to buy that handbag off your credit card what happens with your credit card when you don't have enough to pay for it so what can we do to put deposits yeah Um, Look at your nutritional status, right? Look at nutrient-dense choices. If you're not eating real food every day, try to do so. Um, Sometimes we do, and in these days, as much as I'm not a huge fan of taking hundreds of capsules, but look at what you're deficient in in terms of your, if you train a lot, you eat a lot of carbs, you're under high stress, you're probably deficient in magnesium. Hmm right? If you have uh, a little bit of redness around your nose that stays, right? I'd look at getting vitamin B, right? If you're feeling that you have no energy in the morning um, and then actually if you go to sleep and you're, uh, you're a little bit kind of like wired at night and it takes you a while to kind of calm down, right? Maybe your adrenals are stressed. So look at loading up on vitamin C. If you're sick often, right? And your immune system is low, kind of think about what is attacking your system to make it low, um, address that. You know, it's not just about taking vitamin D, K, that type of thing. But um, I would look first at that. Then I would look at uh, how you're living your life, right? Are you the type of person where, you know, you wake up, you have no energy, you're rushing to work, you've got 20 alarms on, right? You snooze through all of them, you get to work, and your brain takes a while, like the first hour to kind of like... On, yeah okay, and then by that time you're kind of hungry because maybe you skipped breakfast or you grabbed something along the way at Pret or Starbucks um, Process, <laughs> and, <laughs> right, and you're tired or you're um, experiencing a slump and you you know you mm. you kind of want to you need a coffee or need something or you're hungry again,
1: yeah
0: right, so if you're that type of person and then also you're stacking your day right? You've got no time for yourself. Then you come home and you're still having to like deal with kids, deal with a spouse, deal with other stuff, or even get on a call, have dinner very quickly, and then get back into work. And then you go to bed and it all happens over and over again. Um, you are constantly in fight or flight mode. Where is your your relax mode? Because when you are relaxed and your parasympathetic system or you know, is upregulated, that's where you can digest food that's where you can recover both from a neurochemistry standpoint and even a physical standpoint, right? That's when all these processes that need to happen in your body happen. Because if we talk about even blood sugar, people are saying, Oh, I need to be on a diet because I need to make sure my blood sugar is managed and you know, it's kept low. Right. But did you know that if you're in a highly stressed mode and even without eating your blood sugar can increase? You know, being a being coach, it's so much more than the direction of exercises, right? When you have somebody that you're working with, you're working with that person's body, their f- biomechanics, their physiology, mm-hmm. their anatomy, their life, their relationships, their emotional well-being, their mental health, you are all of those things and you can make a difference to that person because the girl who thought that her body was broken and would never be able to do the things that her peers can do, you know, um, basically the simple thing of being on ClassPass and being able to go to different HIIT classes, she could not do. And she could not do for three years. You can imagine this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and the fact that today she's on class pass, she's still doing PT with me, but she's smashing every workout. The ability to do that was is the just... What
1: um, in this particular case? So
0: much uh, stress, gut health, um, mobility, um, anxiety, uh, sleep, right? And the fact that, She just decided one day that she needed to focus on health. And so she kept and I said to her, this is going to be like pushing shit up a hill. We don't know what kind of hill it is. It could be, you know, it could be Lantau Peak or it could be Mount Everest. But you have to just trust the process and keep pushing shit up a hill. And she did it. There were times where she was like, I'm done. I don't know. I have no idea what's happening. I don't want to do this anymore. There were little times of that, that. And there were things that she did, whether it was change jobs, go into more of a freelance contractual role, say no to people. I mean, um, she got promoted by saying no. Um, You know, and and it's incredible to see that change. It's like, wow, I can now set my life on my terms and I'm more balanced and I'm happier and I'm healthier.
1: So you said that when your client comes in, you ask them why, right? For Ten-wise, and I remember you telling me the first five is usually crap. Yeah. (laughs) What is Is there a common feud that you get to that is really the golden nugget? Confidence? Whether that's because they were bullied
0: in the past, uh, whether it's because um, they experienced sexual assault or some sort of violence when they were young, or a dysfunctional family, or... uh, you know, um, it could be the fact that they may find it hard to love themselves. Um, I mean, you know, or there's something in their lives that has pushed them towards a, you know, a perfectionism uh, path where everything has to be 100%, 100%. Um, I would say death of uh, someone close to them um, through a health-related illness uh, is a a factor. Um, Some people come to me and they say, you know, I saw my mother die very slowly of cancer. I don't want that to be me. Um, Or if they've experienced something that has, uh, you know, that has made them very ill or sick in the past. And then they, I do see that they are more dedicated to um towards health so the clients that i typically work with are the ones mm. with autoimmune conditions or uh genetic conditions even um or some form of like you know trauma i mean we don't you know i don't address i, I always try and refer if it's more sort of like on the psychological side of things i will always try and refer on um, but, yeah, what genetic conditions um so I have a client with something called Chocolate Murray Tooth syndrome. Um, it that? affects the nerves, so in a it basically stiffens um it makes the muscles really, really tight and stiff, and so sometimes, um, for example, imagine your feet and your toes uh, because of that condition, um toes are crunched up kind of like. Like this, yeah. And some patients would need to have pins put into their toes to stretch out their toes to be like a normal person, so that they're able to walk. Okay, right. So that's that's one. Um, right. And yeah, and I and she, this lady, uh, she has it, but she's a trooper. And you know, um, someone told her that she would never be able to squat or deadlift because of this condition. And today, she's doing both. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I always said to her, so you've now done what someone has told you, the impossible. So when you go about your life now and someone says something is impossible to you, say to them that you've already done the impossible.
1: So what is the health goal of someone like that right now? After to move. She- Can you imagine? Just to be able to move in the way
0: that everyone else seems to be able to move
1: i want to go into adrenal fatigue being hormonally imbalanced and the one thing that you said that was really interesting before was um metabolically damaged what does that even mean so when you look at adrenal
0: fatigue right um you you're looking at how much cortisol you produce at certain points in the day so cortisol is the stress hormone. It's not unhealthy to have cortisol, but you do not want to have a long-term period where your cortisol is always high. Mm-hmm. So you can uh, map cortisol out across the day where it kind of goes, um, you know, generally speaking, your cortisol should be high because cortisol is what wakes you up. Okay. In the morning. And then as the day progresses, it should come down because that's when cortisol is in the room, you cannot have melatonin, which is what puts you to sleep, right? They're agonists and antagonists to each other. Um, You can do certain testing to see where your cortisol is at so there's something called the dutch test which is a dried urine test you pee on sticks five times during a day and it can map where your cortisol is during the day so you can find out but generally from a feeling perspective if you wake up in the morning and you're foggy and you're tired and you need a snooze and you have no energy you experience a mid-morning slump you get to lunch you might get a little bit of energy from eating but then straight away after lunch Mm. you get the sleepies and you need more coffee, if you always need coffee, yeah. right? If you go to bed and you're wired or you go to bed and you're tired but you can't sleep, you have dysfunctional cortisol. And more likely than not, your adrenals, which are these little triangular, triangular glands that sit on top of your kidneys, yeah. um, more likely than not, they've been overworked. And actually, one of the um, things is that you get up and you pee often at night because if you have high cortisol and your adrenals always um, producing cortisol, it also stimulates the kidney.
1: I want to talk about the importance of sleep. So important. So how, how can we measure if we're sleeping right? And what are some of the tips that you can impart with us? Uh, So the measures that I tend to
0: use for sleep are, um, do you fall asleep within 15 minutes, right, of going to bed? Do you sleep all through the night? Are you getting seven to eight hours of sleep minimum? Uh, Do you wake up with energy? And the kicker, can you wake up without an alarm? One of the biggest things is that your sleep does not start when you go to bed sleep starts when you wake up Mm. so waking up at a consistent time regardless of whether it's weekday or weekend if you have really um, issues a lot of issues with sleep that will help regulate things Uh, when you wake up to expose yourself to bright sunlight so I have a little app on my phone um, that's called the Lux app. It's like how it's measure a measure of light,
1: okay, right?
0: And to try and get ten thousand lux in the morning straight up during the day, actually getting out, <laughs> which we rarely do, honestly. Mm. Um, so actually helping with bright like sort of sun exposure okay. during the day will help keep you awake. But then at night, to then. St- Start to slow down by taking away electronics. Making sure that you have blackout curtains because the worst thing is you want the worst thing that to have is to have the lights of the city Mm. shining through your windows. Very common in Hong Kong. Making sure you have a good air filter as well, so you're not, you know, you're 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 breathing good air. certain supplementation works i'm a huge fan of uh, inositol and magnesium um, as supplementation for sleep and recovery Uh, and then also to ensure that you're not eating right before bed or if you are not to have a massive massive meal because your digestion um will affect sleep yeah alcohol unfortunately is a huge mm. um eff- effector of sleep so for people who say like oh yeah but when i drink i sleep e- i sleep really easily i was like yes but
1: do you get good quality sleep do you wake up refreshed i want to bring the meaning back why we show up <laughs> you want to share <laughs> Because I think this is, that was the hook. I mean, when we were introduced and I asked you, why do you do what you do? What, what torch are you holding?
0: Fitness is not the same as health. Absolutely. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, you got to love yourself first. And not like that, you know, hippie, like, oh, love yeah. yourself type of thing, you know, but you really need to accept who you are, what you you know, what you were born with, right, and what you look like. Mm. And you got to really understand the person that you are. It's not even about looks, actually. It's understanding just exactly who you are and what your markers of success are because we're all different. How do you create those small wins for yourself? So one of the things that I wanted to do this year was to start doing jiu-jitsu again. Um, I don't think I'm ready to go back to class class yet because uh, nice. I, well, I had a four finger ab separation and still today when someone puts your knee on my belly, I kind of doesn't like feel amazing. I think it's more mental than it is physical because right. like I can, you know, I'm back to deadlifting. I'm back to all, all of that. So the fact that someone's on my on my belly where I know um, I almost had a hernia yeah. in my head, I'm kind of like, ooh, that. You know that not ugh. ready yet, yeah. But um, I've started drilling again with uh, one of the coaches here. So, oh, um, nice. and that and that has changed my life, right? Like my life right now, because we're kind of I haven't done it for so long. It's been three years since I moved in that way. But it is such a blessing and such a luxury to be able to move again, even though I can't remember half the moves, and I feel like I need to, you know, start all over again. Mm. But um, that's been a win it's feeling alive yeah kinda. yeah exactly you know the first time I rolled in three years was two weeks ago and I finished rolling and I started crying Why? because <laughs> I was so emotional I think it was um I was emotional because I've missed it so much right like I and I had I was kind of saying to myself, you know, Jiu-Jitsu is something that you either have full dedication or no dedication. Right. Comes back to my, see, you see the pattern here? I have a zero 100 thing. So I always said to myself, you know what? No, no, I can't think, I can't think like that. Um, I have to just do 10%. So I just said, okay, what's the 10%? I was like, if I can just do some drilling every week, once a week,
1: Mm.
0: right. That's going to be a win for me. And, and that's exactly what I did with um, 2015. You know, when I uh, I lost the company, um, I lost my health. I had a really bad knee injury um, that pretty much put me out for one to two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my marriage. And to kind of like pick myself up from that, I just did a 10%. Like if I could get out of bed, that was a win. If I could take a step out my door, that was a win. If I could just, you know... Walk bone road. I mean, who the hell walks bone road? Well, I was doing it, right? Um, That was a win. So I just said, you know,
1: let go of all the preconceptions, all the things that you used to be able to do and just start afresh. For our audience out there, for their small wins, what can they do? Ask yourself, what is the one thing that you can
0: do to get yourself 10% closer? Just 10%. You don't have to achieve that goal. You just have to break it down into small steps. So 10%, that's honestly what mm. I work on. 10%, whether it's 10% faster, 10% slower, in a sense of trying to regain balance, right? 10% yeah. of whatever. 10% is better. If you go 100% all the time, you can only sprint for so long.
1: So true. And you I, can just it's increments Mm. and you know this as
0: a mom you've been through it right you're you're going you have this little thing that you know I remembered when I gave birth as she was tiny and I'm all of a sudden overwhelmed with oh my god I'm a mother what do I do and then and you know and you you know you're you're holding your newborn in your arms and you're kind of going I'm going to be the best mom for you but you you know and, and along the way you're like there are, you know, there, there are times now that I like go home and I'm like, ooh, remember, you know, like I was saying, you have client voice and you have home voice. <laughs> client voice is like, you know, you're like peppy, nice, understanding, empathetic, sympathetic, right? And you get yes. home and you're like, someone asks you how you are and you're just going to bite their face off, right? <laughs> then, Or you're playing the games with your yeah. kids where you're like, look, we're going to play the sleep game. <laughs> <laughs> how long can you keep your mouth shut close your eyes and not move i mean right and it's not you know and then you beat yourself up after because you're like you know what that's not how i want to be i'm not being perfect blah 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 right it's not about perfectionism it's about 10 percent.
1: we're going to close this interview with some rapid questions what is the book that you have gifted the most or left the biggest impression on you um uh it would be um breaking the metabolic code by james laval
0: i love that book everyone has to read it
1: what does health look like to you
0: not abs (laughs) do you miss it though sometimes i do from a very selfish like um you know very very selfish like aesthetic point of view it's kind of like yeah but thank god for like high-waisted leggings um
1: (laughs) But no, I mean
0: But actually you know what? I I lie because sometimes so when I know when I go away on holiday, I call it my holiday abs. So I get them back. So when I don't stress as much, I'm on holiday, I'm generally either in Ireland or Stuttgart learning. Um, I'm getting I'm getting five meals a day. I know, I know I eat a lot. I every time I eat more I lose weight. Right. Yeah, it comes down to nutritional status hormonal status. So um, if I don't eat, I get fat. If I eat a lot, I lose weight. Um, I generally get my abs back. I know, uh, and and actually I'm drinking wine and <laughs> eating burgers. Wow. So so in that respect, it's, you know, I, I, I know that, okay, in Hong Kong where I'm kind of like stressed out most of the time and yeah. I'm not training as much as I can or want, blah 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 Uh, other priorities i know that i'm like you know there's a little bit of belly fat that kind of hangs on but when i'm by myself it just magically actually you're touching
1: a really interesting point because sometimes we might be looking for that fit body but not necessarily because we're superficial i think in some point in our life, we, all, we have all experienced those summer by the beach, you are just wearing no shoes, you're eating whole foods, and the body is lean, you know, you're tan, and yeah. the, the muscles are but popping But you feel out, great. Yeah, you feel great. And you feel great. And I think yeah. we are, yeah. maybe I'm hoping that we're looking for that feeling yeah.
0: versus we just want exactly. to look exactly. that way. Health is from the inside, right? It's not about abs, it's about how you feel. It's about the energy that you have, the moods that you have, um, the general optimism that you have, right?
1: That's health. What was the best lesson that your mom or your dad taught you? That I have to finish what I started. What is your worst fear?
0: Being stuck. What advice would you give to your 30-year-old self? Oh, man. That number one. (sighs) Ah. losing your period is not cool you silly girl (laughs) yeah uh two is that you need to recover as much as you train or rather you can only work out as hard as you can recover i think that's the better way to put it and third is that at the end of the day the Who you are, right, is not what people
1: tell you to be or what you think you should be. It's who you want to be. What are your closing thoughts on finding meaning in training and gaining optimal health? Really, if you kind of just shut out the noise
0: and listen to your body, your body will tell you what it needs.
1: Trish, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you. Life happens. It's not all Instagram, is it? I hope this conversation gave you insight on how to achieve the health goals that works for you. You can find Trish on Instagram and Facebook at Tricia Yap, T R I C I A Y A P. And I would love to hear from you. Please leave a comment on my interested podcast Facebook page or YouTube channel. For show notes, visit my website www.interested.blog. You can subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or Spotify. And if you enjoy this episode, share it with a friend.